We've been on? Okay. You know, I like to catch the little bit in the beginning. Oh, yeah. It was so interesting. Usually it is. Today, you didn't even talk. You were like in your own world. Are you tired? Uh, yeah, I am tired, Paul. Get okay. some more coffee or something. I can't get coffee. I'm drinking this this mint tea that you told me I have to drink. I told you you can have coffee, too. What do you think of the mint tea? I think that it tastes minty. It's good. It's This is Paul's fresh mint tea. It'll be his next project. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is just out of my yard. I have enough projects. We both do. We really do. We're, we, I'm sure we drive both of our partners mad with our projects. I know I do. Samantha's like, oh, you're starting something outside, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, but I'm tired because I was at uh, the Providence Black Lives Rally last night. Of course, when this airs, it'll be Friday night, so this drops on Monday or Wednesday. Wednesday, where whenever. Our well, it could drop. drop on Monday. Oh well, no, because we need to have two. Yeah. Yeah. It drops on Wednesday. <laughs> it drops on Wednesday. Um, so who knows where the country will be? It's been burnt to the ground. This is you are <laughs> listening to recorded history before the United States went up in flames. Exactly before if you the find Second this Revolution. Lost recording. Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened before the Second Revolution? If you're wondering what happened, this is what happened. We were drinking mint tea. Evan was tired. Well, we were, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how revolutions are born. But I'm going to tell you though. Let me tell you something. Um, when you read history, there's always about 10 to 15 years of severe unrest before the war breaks out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're experiencing. We are, you know, 1960 to 1975. We're in the middle of 1950 or 1850 to 1865. Look at it's like like clockwork. Yep. 15 years of buildup. It's been happening since probably 2013. And. Then it's going to erupt into a war. <laughs> We're halfway there. We're, um, yeah. Honestly, when you look at countries around the world, we've gone. I mean, we had the Civil War. Yes. But like since then, the country's kind of just gone and gone and mm-hmm. gone and gone. And there's been minor riots and things, but like we're pretty overdue for like an overhaul. If you look at history, most countries go through some sort of political overhaul every X hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. And we are, we are way past due for an overhaul. Look at the state of things. And I mean, all you've seen is since like uh, things were pretty fine and then Reagan took over. And then, you know, with him, the start of a lot of uh, police enforcement police state, and then yeah. Clinton extends things and makes it even worse. And mm-hmm. you just see what everyone calls the land of the free slowly working its way back to the racist foundations of our country of slavery yeah. and controlling people back minorities. to our roots yeah yeah no it's true it's you know like uh, i was walking through providence last night and you know no one tried to stop us but i walked past 10 15 groups of soldiers standing around full gear uh you know their rifles are out they're standing in front of military vehicles buildings are boarded up and everybody blames it on the rioters. Like, it's your fault that the buildings are boarded up. And that's bullshit. That is bullshit. This police state, you, if you saw the way the police were geared up last night, I mean. Just, I watched from 12 different angles. I saw yeah. from the news who was behind the soldiers to your live where mm-hmm. you were right to the left of the stick to the right yeah. of the stairs to people who were in the back i saw all angles yeah. not once did i see any protester damage 
a piece of property. Mm-mm. Nobody smashed anything. No. In fact, people were just chanting peaceful protest, peaceful protest. And you just watch the military start to slowly push people back, push people yeah. back, push people back. And then at one point, I saw them surround everybody. Mm-hmm. Like on all sides, they boxed them in. So from yeah. like, what was that like? Well, I mean, it was, well, the thing was like, so first of all, I was originally at the top of the stairs where the the soldiers were. Mm-hmm. So I was there with our friend Katie and we're standing there. And like you said, I mean, there's, the protest goes on for six hours and for six hours, it's peaceful. 10,000 people protested in Rhode Island. And to my knowledge, nothing was broken. Nothing was violent. Like I said, I saw it very, everybody. Yeah, very peaceful. People demonstrate. So we stuck around afterwards. Like the protest started to really break up around six o'clock and we hung around. And there was probably two, maybe 300 people that stayed around the state house that were still, you know, protesting and demonstrating. But again, very peaceful. And people openly, some people were even openly supporting the police. A lot of people were like, fuck the police. But nobody was like, was inciting any kind of violence. Nobody was encouraging anyone to do anything aggressive against the police. Um, and then at eight o'clock, so we had a curfew imposed at nine, which don't get me started on fucking curfews and how they limit our voice. Fucking tell me I'm free and I got to be home at nine o'clock like I'm a goddamn 16 year old. Mm-hmm. Now make sure you get inside before the streetlights come on. Mm-hmm. That was my rule as a kid. Yeah, right. Yeah. The beginner. You know, patrol through our fucking streets with your military vehicles and your rifles and you're going to tell me that I'm free. Fuck you. Um, so we're standing at the top of the, of the stairs and all of a sudden eight o'clock police from, and, and the national guard from every angle come storming out. They've got their batons. They're in, they were already, they were already police in gear, but now they were in full riot gear with like their mask Mm -hmm. and, and you know, all the stuff on them and their guns, their shields. There weren't shields at the state house, but, um, I'm sure they were farther back. I know that they were when we were walking home. Um, and then they had, and their dogs, you know, they got the dogs out there and then they line up across the top. So we're at the top of the steps, like, and I'm like, from me to you, I could reach out and touch the guard in front of me. And I was worried that all they have to do is start pushing us a little bit, just the slightest That's bit. That's what and my fear was. I was like, one person's going to push somebody and it's all hell's going to break right? loose. That's well, going to be it. Yeah, it's all hell. But the thing is, you can't fight back because you're at an angle down mm-hmm. from them. They're on the top of the stairs. You're at the bottom. You can't fight from that right. level. They've got their batons already. You're already at a disadvantage because of your lack of gear. And then you're going to tell me that all they got to do is push one person. The whole fucking thing's going to topple. So Katie and I got off to the side and we were waiting because they started to advance. And like it was obvious they were going to push us down the stairs and then continue to push us out the park. Um, so then there was like a standoff from like 8, 8, eight o'clock to 9 o'clock where people were just waiting for them to to rush us people got off the stairs because they told the young protesters if you get off the stairs we're gonna let you stay in the park which is a fucking lie um and then at like 8 55 they tell the protesters you have to leave the park five minutes right right five I think minutes i heard that five yeah. minute warning or five minutes to disperse something like that five minutes before so they they tell everybody for four you know for 50 minutes if you just get off the stairs we'll let you stay in the park and then five minutes before they're like you got to get out of the park and that's when people are like fuck you we're not getting out of the park mm-hmm. so then it's like ready and everybody is ready to go and it's like 905 and they let us do the moment of silence for george floyd and um and it's getting ready to happen this they start marching forward and then someone's like gina's coming so gina Ramondo is the governor of 
of Providence. And so then everything stopped. Of Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. Governor of, of Rhode Island. Yeah. Yep. She's governor of Rhode Island. Um, and so, so then she showed up. She told everybody, you know, I support you. I believe you. She must have told the guard, do not advance because they did it. And then I hung around for another hour. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. So. And I remember actually watching and when Gina showed her face, I was like, it was actually a shock to me to see her in her plain clothing next to all of these military people. Yeah. It kind of like put that image like you're part of the problem. Yeah. Like seeing her, it reminded me, I don't know, of watching like Hunger Games, right? And mm-hmm. seeing like the the leader of that area, seeing that plain clothed person next to like the, the militant. I'm mm-hmm. like, you yourself just made yourself look like the enemy. You are. She is the enemy. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's willing to call on the National Guard and, but like, just, I don't know, that for me was a moment of clarity, I think. Yeah. To be like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, and that, it turned a light on in my head. Because you like to look at someone, and even like Gina, I mean, as far as you, you're going, as far as like governors, probably one of the most progressive governors. Mm-hmm. And I love living in Rhode Island. I do. Like, if you're like, do you have to live anywhere else in, in the United States? There's very few pe- places I would choose over Rhode Island. It's very progressive. You feel, like I said, like even that, the, you know, the governor holds them back. Mm-hmm. Whereas in most other states, even New York, they would have been beating our ass. But, you know, 15 minutes in is when she got there. They would have already like, you know, had most of us arrested and dragged off. But still, it's that point. You're the one who pulled the guard in Mm -hmm. and you're standing there. And at the end of the day, we know what side you're going to be on. Right. You're not going to be on our side. Right. That that to me was a a very big moment of clarity. And watching it, um, I know I was scared. I was like, I I did not go to the protest because I was scared. And I watching that i'm like okay this i think it kind of really brought a lot like just the whole situation has just brought a lot of clarity to me i'm like okay i understand this now like i'm scared watching this this is what people of color feel walking around the country doing their everyday lives when they yeah. see a police officer yeah and that to me it just was like i don't know i changed me i think yeah because i understood there was a problem but seeing that and like seeing my friends there and all of that just really brought it all to light to, for me. Brings it home. Yeah, yeah. Brought it home. And I was like, oh shit, this is, I know there was a problem and I know everything was fucked up, but now I feel it, I yeah. think was the the difference. That's why I, I would encourage anybody, you know, as the protests continue, go to a protest. I really, because it, it's easy to sit there and be and cast judgment or say, I just don't, you know, like I got support the protests, but I don't support the riots and yada, yada. But if you see that up close, if you see people protesting peacefully for six hours and then see someone come out, it's so disrespectful. It's so to just be like, we're just voicing we're just, you know, voicing our concerns and our frustrations and our anger. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's being violent at all. And mm-hmm. you come out and treat us like we're the enemy. And then the walk home to just walk by one band of soldiers after another with their guns drawn, ready to shoot anybody that defied yep. them. There was at one point the youth, the I forget what it is, the Rhode Island youth, but there's the mm-hmm. Uprise Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, they had a march through the city. Yeah. And at one point, the police formed a line blocking them from going downtown. And then mm-hmm. they turned around. There was police cars behind them and police, like, walking towards them. They, like, yeah. boxed them in. 
Um, and then people like took off on the sides, ran, and people were saying they like ran through driveways, top fences, and stuff. Um, and then at one point, the police, quote unquote, joined them in the march. Mm. But really, what it was was just them uh, being in the crowd and they were corralling them, yeah. watching them, and making sure you know. If anybody acts up, we're here. We're right in the mix of things. Exactly, yeah. The police were not marching with them. They were off on the sides, and they were corralling them to kind of guide them mm-hmm. where they wanted them to go. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, there was rumors that people were getting arrested earlier in the night. But, again, rumors swirl, so I don't know. Also, there could be a chance that they did start arresting people, and then Gina called and was like, you know, you need to let those people go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was really also encouraging, though, to see the way that people came together because, I mean, we were ready. We had boxes and boxes of protective gear in case I they could did. tell people were ready to fight. Oh, Even yeah. watching other people's lives, they're like, you guys got your goggles on? You got, oh, like, yeah. people were ready. That's a nice, that, like, today, like, you can find so much information. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, boxes and boxes of gloves so if you are going to go to a protest it's not this is just protecting you this is not about fighting someone nothing that we did that we had it's not was a weapon it was just protection like you have to have heat resistant gloves you have to have goggles on your face you want to make sure you have a face covering we had um you can do maalox or you can do milk and magnesium um, magnesium milk sometimes it's called um and you mix that with water and you could spray that for tear gas um you can also pour water in your eyes for tear gas like i thought I thought water in your eyes was bad because it was like pepper oils and the water spread the oil around your eye more. I that's the medics now are saying pour the waters in your eye. Oh, the medics so, said it. Okay then. But um, I stuck with the milk of magnesium because mm-hmm. it's supposed to like cool your skin off. I mean, either way, your eyes are gonna burn like shit. Right. That's but why you want to have, have the goggles. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to have the stuff. They say umbrellas kind of deflect the rubber bullets. Um, I, I guess I would have a sturdy umbrella because yeah, I'm also, it would have to be a sturdy umbrella, not right? like a cheap dollar one. Yeah, because they're because um, I've heard people having their bones broken by the oh, the bullets, Jesus. but that's because the point of the bullets is to be shot at the ground and then hit the people, but they're shooting the bullets right oh, at the people. At people? Yeah. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I would go to the protest because when you go to the protest, you see the reality. You hear people tell their stories. You you see what people that you know, the truth of it, and you see the way the police and the soldiers respond to it, and you can't tell me that it's not their fault that people are rioting. Right, but I knew if all I had to take was one police officer or one uh, soldier to push somebody, and I knew things were going to start catching on fire. I knew mm-hmm. people were going to start fighting. I was like, yeah, I could tell because there was that much tension. But like you said, it wasn't the protesters' fault. Yeah, they were there peacefully, and then all of a sudden, you're going to corral them and box them in and start mm-hmm. pr- marching towards them and pushing them into this box, and yeah. you expect them to just be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." Well, that's that's what they do, though. They do that intentionally. Mm-hmm. They intentionally throughout the night tried to bait the protesters to get them to be violent so that they could justify their violence. Mm -hmm. Because all they need is one guy on a line to throw a fist and they'll arrest the entire group of people and say, well, it's your fault. You were violent. Yeah. Right? Fucking narcissist. Everybody did such a good job last night. They did. I was so impressed. I Because I've... 
I probably would have freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I'll be honest, it was the um, the young organizers that were telling people they were on the megaphones and they were screaming, "You need to be, you know, be calm. Do not fight them. Hold your ground, but don't fight them." Like they weren't telling people to run away. They're like, "You don't have to go home. You don't have to run away. Just they they got everybody to kneel down. Like when it hit nine o'clock, everybody knelt mm-hmm. because they were waiting for the soldiers, and the soldiers knew." Also, that if they run down those stairs and start beating people again, you're, you know, they, like they wanted us to be up in their face mm-hmm. so that they could say that it was our fault. Yep. They couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So, yeah. So, but anyways, this is about Black Lives Matter. Yes. And, um, and what that that is. So Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Foundation, Inc. is a global organization in the United States, United Kingdom, and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. Uh, By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation, and centering black joy, we are winning, they, Black Lives Matter, are winning immediate improvements in their lives. And I took that directly from the blacklivesmatter.com website. Yeah. So there's a lot of things out there, like a lot of people. So there's a lot of lies about Black Lives Matter and that links that to um, rioters and looters. And the reality is like Black Lives Matter is an organization that's about um, protecting black lives. Right. And uplifting black lives. And what happens is they organize a lot of these protests and rallies. And some people at these protests and rallies will get violent or they'll loot or again they're antagonized by the police and then everything erupts in violence and so that's tagged back so whenever like it's interesting because this week my one of my cousins that i don't talk to anymore but he was commenting on my sister a sister my sister said you know black lives matter real simple black lives matter and you know he comments on like i'm not going to ever say black lives matter because when you look up those images it shows people looting and rioting and i'm not going to do that he also said that there's a militia forming that you know they're going to start shooting looters he's that kind of asshole of course um so uh so so yeah my cousin's like you know i'm not ever going to support black lives matter because when you look at the pictures you can see the way they're rioting and looting and he's talking about how his militia is going to start shooting people that are looting just taking a line from trump when the looting starts the shooting starts oh my god i couldn't believe that did you see there was actually another a person created account called suspend the press and he just tweeted everything that donald trump tweeted like he copy and pasted everything he tweeted and his account got suspended wow yep and he didn't post anything extra like he literally just anytime trump tweeted he copy and pasted it every day and they Hmm. suspended his account hmm hmm wow Mm -hmm. fuck you twitter uh, well, I get. I mean, I do say fuck you, Twitter, but I also don't know what it's like to run a company and and sil- try to silence the president. I wish they would. I just literally, literally don't know if they can. Right, especially if they're like, I think their headquarters is probably in the U.S. I think it's in Seattle or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they literally are like, they're like, what but can literally he do? he'll like shut down Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably. I, I don't know. He probably could at least for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Yeah, so anyway, so like my sister said that and so but that's what I'm saying. Like the the whole idea is that a lot of people try to justify their inaction by saying that Black Lives Matter is a very violent 
group of people. And that's not true. No, people take advantage of it because even in um, Indiana, that where near where Evan and I are from, there were some smaller protests. Um, I actually don't know the size. They could have been large. People are generally less active there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming they were a little bit smaller, but there were people looting yeah. and it wasn't Black Lives Matter. It was yeah. white people. Well, that's another thing. There's also all these white su- supremacists that are infiltrating these protests. Mm-hmm. They're starting they're like making fires. It look crazy. And, exactly. And they're starting the chaos and then they're using it to turn around. It's like There's American also Horror Story cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it <Yeah>. really is. <laughs> That's why I say if you go to the protest yourself, if you just went to the protest, you would see it is not what you think it is. But people won't go to those protests because they don't want to they don't want their eyes to be open. They want to assume things. Mm -hmm. And there's too much. There's this anger and this this idea of like, well, you know, like my brother's a police officer and we don't even get like your brother chose to join a racist institution i'm not saying anything specifically about your brother or your family member i'm just saying police officers are the police is a race the police system was built on racism it was built on on corralling slaves and keeping slaves in line and it has continued to be a racist system it is a racist system Mm -hmm. whether people want to get in there and try to change it or not it still is a racist system and like the great point was made where all the all the tanks and the military vehicles and the guards that were there last night at the protest, have you ever seen that at a women's march? Nope. Have you ever seen that at a pride parade or nope. pride march? No. Nope, nope, nope. Not Even since though the they've 70s. been just as big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have the, uh, large groups of people gathering to protest, to celebrate, and you never see that kind of uh, military deployment. But when black people get together to say, you got to stop killing us, all of a sudden, all the guns come out. All the tear gas, all the mm-hmm. guns, yeah. The riot gear. They were actually chanting, there's no riot here, why are you in riot gear? That yeah. was another one. Yeah, that was, and it was true. Like, there was nothing riot, nothing even close. Everybody it. was on their knees, like, peacefully it, yeah. in silence, standing there. Uh, yeah. I'll never get over it. Um. So four years ago, what is now known as the Black Lives Matter Global Network began to organize. It started out as a chapter-based member-led organization whose, mem- whose mission was to build local power and to intervene when violence was inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. In the years since, they've committed to struggling together and to imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness where every black person has the social, economic, and political power to thrive. Um, They began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism. Their intention from the very beginning was to connect black people from all over the world who have a shared desire for justice to act together in their communities. The impetus for that commitment was, and still is, the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on them by the state. And if you so, if you don't know a lot about the history about it, the history of Black Lives Matter started with the uh, death of Trayvon Martin and the subsequent acquittal of his killer George Zimmerman, and was inspired by the 31-day ta- takeover of the Florida State Capitol by Power U and the Dream Defenders, who took to the streets. A year later, they set out together on the Black Lives Matter Freedom Ride to Ferguson, um, and that's really kind of a. Uh, Poetic when you think of the freedom riders of the 1960s where Mm -hmm. people would get on the buses to prove, you know, I'm allowed to ride the bus and we're allowed to ride in the front of the bus. Um, 
uh, and so in Ferguson, it, which was in search of justice for Michael Brown and all of those who have been torn apart by state sanctioned violence and anti-black racism forever changed. The freedom riders returned home and began building the infrastructure of the black lives matter global network, which even in its infancy has become a political home for many. So the roots of the movement started back even before four years ago, but they officially organized around Ferguson. And mm-hmm. if you somehow missed Ferguson or maybe you were a little younger, um, I would really encourage you to check out um, the pictures and the um, the events that unfolded there. Um, yeah. And for anybody who may be listening, we have listeners all over the world. If you ever stop and think, I don't have white privilege, I struggle just as much as everybody else. I didn't have money. I didn't have this. I want you to go about your life every day, everything you do, and every action you take, think of what if I was doing this as a person of color? Yeah. Because that's where the privilege is. The privilege isn't in the economics. The privilege isn't in, I mean, it is, but that's not what people mean when they say white privilege. Just because your skin is white, you automatically have an advantage over anybody whose skin isn't white. Yeah. Because of everything you do every day, from applying to jobs, to talking to people, to walking down the street, to jogging, to sleeping in your house, you automatically have safety and security that other people don't have. Yeah. And that's the basis of white privilege, right? Yeah. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay. It's it's absolutely true. And you know, a lot of people say, no, I don't have white privilege. But then I think one of the uh, interesting experiments is you ask someone, okay, well, would you choose to be black if you could? And almost unanimously, people say, no, I wouldn't choose to be and black. And then, of course, they're going to be like, I just, I'm white and I've always yeah, been I just white. Yeah, like, so. I just like being white. No, motherfucker, you like the privilege that comes with being white mm-hmm. because there is a privilege. And that, and that thing is that you always say when a person having privilege doesn't discount your struggles, it doesn't mean that you don't have any types of disadvantages. It doesn't mean that you never have to struggle or hurt. It doesn't discount. That's the thing. When you say it's like, uh, like saying black lives matters, does that mean all lives don't matter? No, it just means that needs need help. It's like saying mm-hmm. all someone saying, um, you know, support breast cancer and you being like, no, all cancer matters. It's right. that same thing of, but this group right here is hurting more so mm-hmm. are you going to ignore them are you going to ignore the fact that we continue to step over them all lives can't matter until black lives matters as they as they have so poetically put yes so i want to challenge all of our listeners to think about things they've done in the last year probably hard to remember everything you've done but just think about it <laughs> last three months and not but just think about any situation you had where you took an action and you can think back today and say you know maybe that decision was made in racism or maybe that action was made in racism Mm -hmm. you didn't mean it to be racist potentially but maybe it was think about that how did you look at that person on the street how did you respond to a situation that made you uncomfortable was that action or decision based in racism challenge yourself and think about it because i guarantee you almost everybody can sit here and say i didn't realize it at the time but holy shit yeah yeah I remember, so once, you know, this was years ago, I was working at Dollar General, this is in Indiana, and um, it's one of those days where I'm working alone in the morning, which was basically every day, and this guy comes in, he's black, and I'm working, but the whole time I'm working, I'm watching this guy, you know, I'm walking back and forth, I'm watching mm-hmm. him working. I finally get up to the register to check him out, and he's like, do you get a good enough chance to check me out? And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, do you get enough chance? I see you walking up and down the aisles watching me. I was like, well, I do that with everybody that comes in the store. He's like, I'm sure you do. And he leaves. And I'm so 
upset You're in mad the sky. that he would accuse you. Right. Of like, such who the hell action? do you think I am? But I started, but so I'm offended because I'm like, you know, who the hell are you? I watch everybody that comes in here. But what he, what he did when he called me out, it made me uncomfortable. So I started being more aware. And you know what? Sure, fucking enough. I was watching the black people a lot more than I was watching the white people. Even though, even though I knew 100% sure that I had had way more white shoplifters oh, than I had had black shoplifters. You're not going to tell me, for one, God said, I mean, I worked retail for almost 10 years. Let me tell you, the white people, because they know they'll get away with it. Yeah, because right? you're not going to watch them. Exactly. They're not going to get They're not going to get imprisoned for years because of shoplifting something. Most likely, they'll be out the next morning. Mm-hmm. So... I even though I knew for sure that the white people stole a lot more than the black people, I was looking at the black people harder. It was my bias. It was my cognitive bias. I, and I agree. I had the same thing. Um, I I mean, we both did retail, and I it was the same way. And it was like you said, the cognitive bias and the area we grew up in, and the environment we grew up in, and the world we grew up in. And that's not to excuse it. I yeah. recognize it for today for what it was, but. Yeah, it, that's why it's just everybody needs to take that time to stop and realize and think. Yeah, yeah, and I and I don't want to downplay it by saying cognitive bias. It was racist. I I was being racist. Right. I was racist, and and I still have biases that I work on. When I say cognitive biases, I just mean that like a lot of times when you say the word racist, people automatically shut down and they're like, well, I'm not racist, and then they won't think about it. So if you can't think about it in that way, if you can't admit yet that you're racist. Can you admit that you might have some biases mm-hmm. and work from there? You know, right. if you honestly believe you have no biases, I, I just don't believe you. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I just I don't agree. believe you. I think every person has biases and some of our biases are called racism and mm-hmm. some of our biases are called bigotry and some of our biases are called homophobia. We have biases as to how we work and address those biases and whether or not we should have those biases. I have a strong bias against white supremacists and I'm not going to fucking work on that. No, that one I will not work <laughs> I'm gonna on. Let that one sit there. Simmer a little bit, put the <laughs> lid on, let it heat up. Um, <laughs> So in regards to that, we are going to have a link on uh, the page where this is posted. We don't really have a script for this. We don't have a script But for this. we will have, um, I saw it shared on Twitter. I'll try to find it again. There was a link of like racism 101 and it was mm-hmm. beginner and intermediate and like advanced and it was just all these books. Oh yeah. I've um, got to actually, um, let me grab, because I've got white fragility. Yeah. It was stuff book. like that. Um, so um, I'm going to include those. I'll try to see if there's any that are out there for free, maybe on a website or something, if the author has published them for free. Otherwise, there will be links to either Amazon or another source where you can purchase the books to read. Yeah, and I, I would just I just want to recommend a couple right here. If you don't go on the website, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo is a great book. Um, I love The New Jim Crow. That talks more about um, our justice system, and I really, really me- recommend it. Um the new Jim Crow. Um, if you are not a reader, the new Jim Crow is hard to get through. <laughs> okay. Just as a, yeah. a, a heads up, if you were like, I, I'm only going to get one book. If you like to read, that's a good one. But if you're not very much of a reader, that one is hard because it's thick. It's got a lot of information. It's it heavy. It is a lot. Sorry. Um, if you don't want to read that, and even though I don't love when white people write about it, um, you can. Um, Small Great Things by Jodi Picoult um, is a, it's a novel. It is written by a white woman about racism, but um, it talks about that very issue of thinking that you're not racist, um, but you are. Mm -hmm. It has like these three extremes. It has the story of a black woman, the story of a white supremacist, and the story of a white civil rights lawyer. 
and um, and it really pulls it together. So that's Small Great Things by Jody Picoult. Um, and then there's also How to Be Anti-Racist by Ibram Z. Uh, Kendi. Or Z, sorry. Ibram X. Kendi. I don't know why I said Z. Um, but, um, but, so those are some great starting points for you know, understanding your own racism. And then like Paul said, he'll have links on the site. And really, honestly, you, you should do something. I don't care if you're like, but I have 16 black friends, motherfucker. If you have never read anything about racism, you need to be reading about it. At the very least, you need to be showing some open support and understanding. It's the least you can do your own quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, one book, something to help you listen to a book. You can read or listen to a book. Everybody can do that. I don't care if it takes you a goddamn year. Mm-hmm. That's like, if your friends can put up with racism. If you're every listening fu- to a podcast, you can listen to a bo- audio book. You can. That's the truth. You can listen to an hour of us every day. You're gonna t- uh, Every week, you're going to tell me you can't listen to an hour of a book. Um, if your friends can put up with racism every single day, the least you can do is read one book about racism and how it affects people and what it means in our country. And again, challenge yourself. Think about decisions you've made. Pay attention when you're out in public and decisions you're making on a day-to-day basis, how you're responding to situations. How many of your actions are based in a cognitive bias? How many of your actions are based in racism? Yeah. And I also want to add, um, the reason that we did not discuss this last week was because our episode had been very Mm pre-recorded. And so we were not ignoring it or waiting till things got more heated. We just had recorded it before everything started. Yep. Um, and so we put our, our Pride Month on hold to discuss it. And next week, I promise, we really will be back with the AIDS epidemic. Uh, people are like, at this point, they're like, you're never going to do it. I know. No, I, it's, I, I've seen the script. It's, yes, it's here. It's it here. It's ready. Um, and if, as um, stated by the wonderfully incredible Marsha P. Johnson, no pride for some of us without liberation for all of us. And then she also said... You never completely have your rights, one person, until you have all your rights. Or as also, as she's claimed to have said, I got my civil rights. When she threw the shot glass, heard around the world. Yep. So stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our little allied hookers. And a little succulent saphis. Resist the oppressors, our proud homocrats. And have yourself a sodomy circus or a sodomy riot. Or don't, and Black Lives Matter. That's right. Bye. Bye.